0: So just a a few brief comments before we go into the next phase of mindfulness of reading. We have two, I'll be panoramic vision, very short. We have two large currents within, let's say, Western philosophy, very well known. Uh, Who was I think it was Bertrand Russell. said that all of Western philosophy consists of footnotes to Plato and Aristotle. Uh, it is those two currents, and the Plato, going back to Socrates, going back to Pythagoras, is more purely experiential, transcendent, uh, viewing this role as more of an illusion, whereas Aristotle is more of a realist, trying to focus on the five senses and so on, and Aristotle placing reason as the pinnacle of human knowing, whereas essentially, very evidently, in the Neoplatonic tradition, Plato goes into Christianity, into Christian mysticism, then transcending the conceptual mind is very central, very central. So nowadays for the mind sciences, Aristotle is dominating completely. And that is, we study the mind by way of behavior, by way of questionnaires, by way of brain activity, and discoveries are made, and all of the discoveries are conceptual. And that's true of a lot of science. One scientific friend of mine told me years ago. A discovery is a discovery only when it's published in the peer-reviewed journal. That's when it becomes a discovery, but not before. Before then, it's an anecdote. When it's published in a peer-reviewed journal, then you can say, Ah, it was published in April two thousand eleven. That's when the discovery was made. Even if the discovery was made five years earlier, that's when the discovery really counts. And so here, what we have is something I think quite wonderfully complementary to the many insights that can be gained, have been gained studying the mind, by way of behavior, brain, activity, and so on. But we're coming back more, trying to balance out, is my favorite word, balancing out to more the Pythagorean and the Pythagoras was a contender. A, a legend has it that he could remember twenty of his past lives through his meditative practice. You know, very deep samadhi. It must have been very deep samadhi. And there's indications that Socrates would really enter in, in, into a very deep state of samadhi. He would just have and just go away for hours on end. So I doubt that he's just breathing; probably something isomotive. Like so to balance that out, and of course this is the theme now of the second phase of the mindfulness breathing, is trying to basically cut down on the noise. Cut down on the noise, the sheer clutter, the static. So that when we start we start doing <coughs> observations of the mind, it doesn't have to go through all the haze, the distortion and so forth of the obsessive, compulsive flow of thinking. So it's a little bit a, bit a little bit like trying to launch our awareness yeah. like a Hubble telescope. So it's beyond, by the way, it's 330 30 miles out, I just learned that recently. 330 miles out, which means it's beyond all atmospheric distortion, let alone smog, but heat, and all of that kind of thing. So it's up there, and then as we get these marvelous views of distant galaxies and so on. So it's something like, uh, as we go into shamatha, prior to the Pashjana and Dzogchen, Muhammad, all of that, it's just like trying to launch the satellite, so that we can make observations valid, reputable, precise sophisticated observations, with direct perception, not cogitation, that has, that has its place, but we can start making observations of the deep space of the mind, and not have everything filtered through our language, our acculturation, our beliefs, concepts, and all of that. So, we prepared to launch. Today we'll go into the practice that is now the balancing act of realization, and stability. We bring in a little bit of effort, a little bit of discipline, to gently, gently, but firmly, like a good parent, gently but firmly, subduing the obsessive flow of thinking so that we can have some quiet time. The mind can be silent when we want to be silent. But we do this not by contraction, not by tightening up, but not with sheer muscle. That goes my hand, hi. Always does the same thing whenever I go into that mode. That's always the mood. Let's, let's, let's get something done, shall we? Yeah. So, no, hands are open, hands loose, and we release the static emotion, the turbulence of the mind, rather than ramming it down, rather than suppressing it. So we are cultivating, enhancing the stability of attention, and the challenge to balance it here is to do so without relinquishing or diminishing the sense of ease, relaxation, looseness in the body and mind. And when it really rolls, then you'll find, that the stability is increasing and relaxation is actually deepening. And then you're really on a because Now you have a synergy on, And synergy is another key element of the practice family. With no further ado, please find a comfortable position. As to descend into the body, we may actually encourage a type of, type of response, hearing a bell, but instead of salivating, immediately the muscles in the body relax, the shoulders droop, the face soften. immediate trigger, a catalyst for setting the body at ease. Loose, relax. Letting your awareness fill the whole space of the body. Letting your body be still. And even in the Supai position, while your body is totally relaxed, there's no balance there. You're just relaxing. Psychologically, adopt a posture of vigilance. I have a strong encouragement. Use the shalasana. supine position only for meditation, not for napping, not for reading, not for anything else. So by association, whenever you go into that formal medita- that formal yogic posture, the asana, it's almost for the sake of practice. And the whole notion of lying down always means just taking a rest of napping. You break through that and create a new association. So set your body at ease and stillness and vigilance. gently, gently settle your inner voice in its natural state of effortless silence by settling your respiration in its natural rhythm. The key here to releasing the energy underlying the turbulence of the body, the energy system, Releasing with every out breath, and continuing to relax and release all the way through the end, giving it all away. But you simply receive the next in breath that flows in on its own accord, with no pulling, with no effort. Let your mind at ease by releasing all concerns, hopes, and fears about the past and future. And your awareness will come to rest in stillness, in the present moment. And for a little while, let your awareness be diffuse. your mind with the sensations of the breath wherever they most distinctly rise. Begin with relaxation without losing your initial level of clarity. is beginning to enhance the ability of attention without relinquishing the sense of ease and relaxation. So for this, for the second phase, let's direct the attention downwards to the abdomen, and then into the various sensations of the rise and of the abdomen with each animal. The outbreath release, release thoughts, images, memories, life sleeping. In this way overcome the attentional imbalance of excitation. And With every in-breath, around your attention, focus and concentrate on the various sensations of the rise, the expansion, of the outer. And this way, overcome the other attentional imbalance of laxity, Yuen Chima. Arouse and release, arouse and release, while maintaining an ongoing flow of mindfulness, of the ongoing flow of sensations, of the rise and fall of the abdomen. further help us subdue the flow of involuntary thoughts, experiment with counting the breaths. For some of you, it might be very helpful, uh, for others, perhaps occasionally helpful, for others, it may simply clutter the mind. So it's not a necessary element of the practice, but it may be helpful. So, here's one way of counting, and that is the very end of the inn very briefly, count one, as you breathe out, relax deeply, remain focused on the sensations adding up. Quietly allow the breath to come in as you arouse and focus your attention. And at the very end of the next inhalation, mentally, very succinctly, count two. So you may count 1 through 10, you may repeatedly count 1 through 10, or you may simply continue counting. The idea here is to replace many wandering thoughts with just a few regular thoughts with every cycle of the breath. A simple count. Make sure that you sustain the mindfulness on the sensations of the breathing and do not let the meditation degenerate in their minds of counting which is about it and crew. To sustain the flow of non forgetfulness of a continual engagement with the sensations of the mind, With the introspection, you monitor the flow of attention by recognizing as quickly as possible in the occurrence of either excitation or relaxing. In the event of excitation, your first response is to relax, to loosen up, let go of whatever captivated your attention the present moment, the sensations of the past. Become somewhat stay-sound or dull. As your first songs, they do refresh your interest in practice and focus. And this way, balance the attention. So, the rate at which you progress in developing enhancing the stability of attention is, in a way, a simple matter of arithmetic. And that is when you are explicitly cultivating this kind of quieting of the mind, the stilling of this obsessive flow, it's becoming more present, continually present, then you're moving ahead clearly. It's moving in the right direction. And then you'll have your, your times between sessions. You're walking about, you're doing this, you're doing that. And then insofar as in between sessions, you let yourself fall right back into the rut of it's called it in kind nando, nanyang. So obsessive compulsive thinking, insofar as you allow yourself to now just fall back into the same old patterns of blah 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 all the way through the between session, then you're subtracting. So you can add towards greater stability every session, and then you subtract every in-between session, and add during session, subtract, and then you know it, you wind up with the the end. Not much. And so this is why, very properly emphasized in the modern Vipassana tradition, uh, just maintaining an overall much greater balance, presence, mindful walking, mindful eating, coming to the senses, so that you, and that's often called sessions, so you're doing walking meditation. Cool. Call it a formal session, don't call it a formal session, whatever you do. But if you can enhance the stability of attention while you're in formal practice, and then not lose much between, between sessions, because you're so present with, with whatever you're doing. And of course, you, in between sessions you always have the option to think about anything you want to think about. This is not anti-thought, or just letting your mind groan, but being aware of the groaning. There is, key, there is a key to success. It's a psychological truth, a neuroscientific truth, and a contemplative truth, that if you want to bring about some really significant change in the way your brain is functioning, your mind is functioning, both psychologically and contemplatively, continuity is the key. And they all know that's a very well-established fact. Not having little spurts of intense activity, and then sliding off, and then a spurt, and then sliding off, but maintaining a, a continuity of practice, somewhat more tense, somewhat more composed, really focused, while you're in formal meditation, a bit more diffuse, but at the very least, in between sessions, you can just release the flow. It is a kind of mental dysfunction of the mind that's going obsessive and compulsive. It's not healthy. It's not a sign of sanity. So the more that you can just, in between sessions, just get over it, overcome that habit, and make a habit of being very present. And then out of that presence, of course, there's all kinds of discursive practices. It can be very, very useful, the four measurables and many others. But as much as you can, consistently now, you have so few demands on your time, almost none, right? So in this wonderfully quiet, serene, supportive environment, just let your practice be as continuous as possible. Loose, relaxed, open, and spacious in between sessions, a bit more focused during sessions. by the common denominator, mental, re- mental rehabilitation, rehabilitation. Try to get out of the old rut. Set on an expedition, getting your feet unstuck, and the old butt of the mind is going blah 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 blah. blah. Not very constructive, and it's very fatiguing. Okay? And having said that, enjoy your day. I'll see you at various times we've got closer the day.